Hi, everyone, and welcome to our second season of our Soundbites podcast. We are so excited about our rebranding efforts this year, so I am proud to announce the rebranding of our chapter. We are PMI Carolina, from the mountains to the beaches. On the PMI Carolina Soundbites podcast, you'll find a healthy dose of interviews and tips in easily digestible episodes, all under 30 minutes, giving you information you can use on the go. This podcast is brought to you by Mavendog, a project leadership firm who provides delivery specialists to tackle your most vital projects. With core services like strategic portfolio development, program leadership, and project and change delivery, Mavendog provides versatile, do-it-all project leaders who are able to adapt, drive success, and deliver project wins. Visit www.mavendog.com today to learn more about how the Mavendog way can take your projects across the finish line tomorrow. Welcome. I'm Bronwyn Faulkner. PMI Carolina member since 2006. We had two great keynotes at our Metro Region kickoff in January. Both are included in this episode. First up, Larry Dawson, a passionate life leader and fitness coach. He is a successful business owner, entrepreneur, podcast host, husband and father. He's dedicated his life to helping others overcome limitations that hinder their growth. His gift is teaching others how to be the best you. So I'm going to talk to you tonight about two different scenarios. One is the Golden State Warriors and one is a friend of mine named Kelly. So the Golden State Warriors were the laughing stock of the NBA for almost two decades. And all of a sudden, a new businessman came along, a self-made billionaire. His name was Jacob Lane. He bought the Golden State Warriors. And during his first season as owner, during halftime of one of the games, he came out and he spoke. He's like, I'm speaking to you guys. And he told all the fans, he said, it's a new day and it's a new time. He said, I'm going to change the culture. I'm going to bring winning back to Golden State. I'm going to do this for the city, the fans, and for everybody you guys deserve it. So people were like, yeah, okay, You're trying to sell tickets, same old, same old. But no, he was serious. So what he did was he needed to build a team to win, just like he did in the corporate world. So what he did was he found a young gentleman to be his general manager and to lead his franchise. This man's name was Bob Myers. He was an analytics guy. But besides being an analytics guy, he was very charismatic, had a big personality, and was a people person. So with this man in place, he had someone that had the same vision as him. What this gentleman did was he went out and searched for a coach that could also be a like-minded individual that bring the same family-like type atmosphere that they wanted to create this culture. So a lot of people knew who Steve Kerr was from his playing days, won championships with the Bulls and the San Antonio Spurs, but he had never been a head coach before. But Bob Myers took the chance on him because when he interviewed him, Steve Kerr said, I want to be different. I want to bring a hard-nosed defense approach, and I want to bring the old-school ball movement, selfless basketball back to the NBA like the Showtime Lakers days. So it started. started with the new owner, the new GM, and the new coach. I'm going to tell you about my friend Kelly. So everyone knows who Time Warner is. They were bought out by Spectrum. And the first year that Spectrum bought them, it was almost like a civil war in the company. You had the old versus the new. It was interfighting, nobody was getting along, and they had all these issues going on. They couldn't get it right. So they brought in my friend Kelly, 
And what she did was she formed an idea of how she could bring everybody together on one team. So what she did was she started paying attention to how everything was going. And she paid attention to the 12 different leaders. And she realized that a lot of the old school ones really relied on this one particular person. And a lot of the new school spectrum people really relied on one of the new schools. She took those two that were the main ones that got relied on, brought them together and said, I want you two to be my left and my right arm. I want the three of us to be a team. Tell me how we can fix this, how we can change things, and how we can bring everybody together as one unit. So they gave her all the ideas and things that they could use and the strategies that they could come up with. But not only that, she said that she was going to make a team, and she did. Once every two weeks, she would meet with her leadership group, and that they would read books, and they would talk about the things they learned in those books. Then once a month, they would go out to dinner together and get to know each other, form a family-like atmosphere, because she knew she had to get them first, and once she got the leadership together, then she could get the rest of the team together. So let's go back to the Golden State Warriors again. So now they have their owner, they have their general manager, they have their coach. So they wanted everybody to be on the same page. So they knew that they needed players, and not just regular players, not just selfish me, me, me players. So what they do, they wanted to change the culture. They went out and drafted Steph Curry. His father played in the NBA, came from a good family. They knew what they was getting. They drafted Michael Thompson. His father played in the NBA with those same Lakers I mentioned earlier. They knew what they was getting. They drafted Draymond Green, a four-year starter and defensive captain from Michigan State that was known for being a defensive player and a team captain and a leader. Then they went out in free agency and signed Sean Livingston, a point guard that was a pass first, spread the ball around, get everybody involved, and then they spent the big money and got one free agent. His name was Andre Ingadal. He wasn't a big, big superstar, but what he was was he was a defensive player, he was a glue guy, and he was a team guy. They built a dynasty. They went on and won a championship that year. The next year, they broke the Bulls' all-time record for most wins ever in a season. But they didn't just do it with a couple people. The ball boys, the 12th man on the bench, the fans, the owner, everybody was involved. They became so good that other players and other teams wanted to be a part of that culture. Kevin Durant, the league MVP, left his franchise to come be a part of it and won a couple championships. And it's not over. It's still going on. They just won the championship again this past year. They're fourth in eight seasons. They have become the model franchise in the NBA, just like Jacob Lamb said that they were going to. So his words were true, but he had to build it from the top to the bottom. And every single person in that organization counts. So what Kelly also did was she went after she got the leadership on, on, on hand, she went on and she said, now I need to get all the workers together. So she started doing stuff for them. She started saying, I'm going to give bonuses out to the top five salespeople on the sales team. I'm going to give bonuses out to the five top people on the maintenance team. I'm going to give bonuses out to the five top people on the retention team. She put together Christmas events downtown, paid on the Christmas, uh, paid for the, by the company. She gave away free Easter baskets to everybody in the company on Easter. This lady, even when she would leave, she would cook home-cooked meals and leave them out for the cleaners at night. She got everybody to stop fighting and got everybody on the same team. 
because that's how you truly win. So the point of the message is teamwork equals dream work. It really does take everybody. If you have different people with different agendas within a team pulling in different directions, you can never truly win. Because to be a real champion, a real, a real solid organization, it has to be like this. Bill Belichick wouldn't be Bill Belichick without Tom Brady. Steve Jobs without Steve Wozniowski. Bill Gates without Paul Allen. Tony Robbins without Dan Graziano. It doesn't matter if you're a business owner. It doesn't matter if you're an executive. It doesn't matter if you're a project manager. Every person on the team counts. So whoever you have under you, whether it's a secretary, whether it's data security, whether it's the security guard, it doesn't matter. Everybody should be on a team. That's how you win. Teamwork. Thank you, everyone, for allowing me to come out and speak tonight. I appreciate the opportunity. Teamwork versus dream work. And now to our closing keynote, Eleanor Miller of Eleanor Miller Coaching. A life coach, Eleanor helps other people to take charge of their life if they have the belief and desire. She motivates people to set goals and to keep the focus regardless of other things that happen. Whatever the journey, you are the author in charge of writing your own book. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled to be here. My name is Eleanor Miller and I am a life coach, which means that I help people shift their perspective to see what's possible and make that what they believe is impossible inevitable. I'd like to introduce a different perspective on leadership. My intention is that by the end of this talk, every one of you will be able to recognize more opportunities to lead, will see the value of being a leader, and will be inspired and committed to lead more often. In coaching, awareness is one of the most powerful tools. In my practice, I often like to highlight the opposite of a subject, a belief, or a situation to bring a new awareness to it. And with that, I'd like to ask you, when I say the opposite of a leader, what is the first thing that comes to mind? The common response is a follower, but I'd like to challenge that. You can't be something and it's opposite at the same time, but you can lead and follow at the same time. One can lead his team while following upper management, right? The way I see it, the opposite of a leader is someone who does not lead. The opposite of leadership, taking ownership and responsibility is victimhood. It's putting responsibility on others. One cannot act like a leader and a victim of a situation at the same time. The ability to lead, to take yourself and your team forward, is when you're focusing on your resources, solutions, progress, and growth. And we all get to choose between leading a situation or being a victim, focusing on problems and who to blame or on finding solutions. Let me share a story with you to highlight my point. It happened a few years ago, it was a beautiful spring morning and I was extremely excited because I was scheduled to have a very important meeting that day. The skies were blue, the trees were gorgeous color of green and you could smell the spring in the air. All this harmony was a complete contradiction to the chaos that happened in my house that morning. By a miracle, we made it to school on time. We got to school, my oldest son got out of the car, my daughter got out of the car, and my middle child 
did not get out of the car. Ethan, get out of the car, please, I said, and without even turning my head back, I heard no response. Ethan, please get out of the car. I got to go. Hurry up. I turned my head back. And he looked at me with horror on his face and said, Mom, I forgot my shoes. A quick calculation showed me that I will not have enough time to drive all the way back home and get his shoes. And from experience, I know that the school will not allow kids without shoes on their premises. <laughs> I felt my stomach turning into a knot. Heat climbed up my face and I could feel the smoke coming out from my ears and, and nose. I looked at him and without control, words of blame and victimhood and shame started pouring out of my mouth. Why me? Why today? Why now? How could you do this to me? Eventually, I had to pause to catch my breath. And my son used this opportunity and said quietly, Mom, can I say something? Sure, what do you have to say? I responded impatiently. When you said all this thing to me, Mom, did you focus on the problem or on finding a solution? I couldn't hold my smile. My wife's son used against me, or maybe it was before me, the same tool I used to help him shift his perspective. His question immediately stopped my cycle of victim thinking and shifted my perspective. With my leader hat back on my head, I was able to focus on solutions. And then I remembered that my Ethan has a classmate who lived nearby the school. I called his mom. We borrowed a pair of shoes. I dropped them off at school and made it to my meeting on time. This is one of the endless day-to-day examples of what happens when you stop focusing on problems. When you remove the victim hat and start focusing on solutions. People tend to get into panic, blame, stress, anger when they, when the victim mode, when they run into problems. Imagine how much different my day and maybe even my career would have been if I stayed in the victimhood, if I didn't shift to being a leader. Could you recall a time when the victim hat hopped on your head? When my executive client, the fast result-oriented client, tried to be productive and skip the self-work, I challenged them with this very important question. How can you proactively and sustainably lead a project, a business, a community, a family, or even yourself without the ability to powerfully lead and manage your own emotions? There is no situation where you cannot lead. There is no situation where you cannot lead. And in a few moments, I will share a tool with you that will help you do that. But if you ever doubt yourself, if you ever find yourself out of resources to lead, I want you to think about Dr. Edith Eager. In her book, The Gift, Dr. Eager described a scene when she was a prisoner in Auschwitz and was brought to dance in front of Mandela the person in charge on the murder of her mother amongst many of her loved ones. She was a young teen at the time. It was freezing and she was exhausted and had no shoes on. She knew that she would get murdered if she will refuse or fail to dance for any or no reason. At that moment, she remembered something her mom told her. She said to her, you are the only one who gets to decide what you put on your mind. So she closed her eyes and imagined that she was a famous dancer, dancing on big stages in front of large crowds. 
I cannot imagine many places worse than a concentration camp. Can you? And even then, in the very helpless situation, with many limitations, the young Miss Eager found a way to shift her perspective and lead the situation to keep herself alive. If you take one thing from me, please remember this. Your perspective is one of many possibilities. And I invite you to challenge it anytime it is not working for you. Anytime it is making you feel like a victim. It leads you to anger, blame, or feeling like you have no other choice. Before we end, I'd like to leave you with a practical tool. I call it the GPS technique. And because I am much better at explaining things through stories than concepts, I will share one more example of how I used it, one of the many times I did. One evening when I was headed to lead a workshop, I drove into a parking garage and a big pickup truck, pickup truck stopped in front of me. And the man in the truck looked very angry. And he signaled me to turn around, suggesting that I was driving against traffic. A quick look at the road and in my side mirrors confirmed that I was right and he was wrong. In that moment, I had a choice to agree or disagree with him. What would you do? This is when I pulled my GPS. The GPS is an acronym. The G stands for get familiar with your current location. Awareness. State the facts only. The fact that I was able to gather that it was dark, the man in the truck is a big guy, we were alone, and I needed to get to the workshop soon. The P stands for point to your desired destination. And this is the part where most people skip, and this is why they don't get what they want. It was clear for me that my desired destination in this situation is arriving to the workshop safely and as fast as I can. The S in the GPS stands for strategize your route. Based on what I decided previously that I wanted to go to the workshop safely and as fast as I can, I decided that if disagreeing with him can cause a delay and in a worst case scenario can jeopardize my safety. So I decided that I decided at that time that the best way to lead the situation is to back off. More often than not, most of us want to prove that we are right. And it sneaks in and convinces us that it is our highest priority. And often the price for it is not getting what we really want. And we, tur we turn into victims by default. Can you recall a situation where your lack of awareness, your auto-response, or the need to prove that you were right had a high price to it? The GPS model is designed to get you more of what you want and save you unnecessary drama, energy, and a lot of time. What I wish you take out of this conversation is, remember that you have the opportunity to lead in every situation. At any given moment, you get to choose between being a leader or being the victim. Remember that when you recognize that you are wearing the victim hat, shift your perspective. Remember that your perspective is one of many possibilities. Turn your perspective from focusing on the problems to finding a solution. And when you need help with that, use your GPS. 
More often than not, confrontation is not the best option. It's an energy and a time drainer. There is a QR code on the screen that you're welcome to download the GPS worksheet. If there is any way or anything that I can do for you, I will be happy to do so. It has been my honor and pleasure to be here this evening. I will end with a quote from Maya Angelou. Do your best until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. You know better now, my friends. Go lead. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you found a takeaway or two that you can use or maybe even share with others. We hope that you'll continue to listen to other episodes and follow us on Spotify, Amazon Music, or visit our podcast page on our PMICarolina.org website. Thanks for listening, learning, and sharing. You have been listening to the PMI Carolina Soundbite Podcast, brought to you by Maven Dog LLC. Visit www.mavendog.com today to learn more about how the Maven Dog Way can take your projects across the finish line tomorrow.